Thanks for joining us today for the Anchor Daily. We are reading through the books of Acts, learning about the early church and the unstoppable power of the gospel. Listen close as we dive deep into Luke's and Paul's accounts. Hi there. How are you? How about that weather today, huh? It's something else, isn't it? Yeah. Nice thing about this time of the year is if you don't like the weather, just wait about 20 minutes. Am I right? Did you like my little sampling of small talk there? Or was it super cringeworthy? What is it about small talk? Some people abhor it. Some people seem to be professionals at it. But either way, it is simply kind of a part of life, isn't it? Anchor Daily friends, this is Sarah Landon, and I promise I won't continue trying to make small talk with you today. In all fairness, I can't even hear your responses, so it would just get a little awkward. I mean, even more awkward than regular small talk, and we have legit stuff to talk about. So we are picking up in Acts 17, 16 through 34, where my super cool husband Andy left off yesterday with Paul getting summarily dumped in Athens after a riot of a time, literally, in Thessalonica and Berea. Paul wanders around the city and gets to doing what he does best, discussing Jesus with people. He begins in the synagogue like normal, and as he's out and about in the marketplace, he discusses there too. Eventually, he's even invited to speak in the Areopagus. For a little background, The Areopagus is the name of a hill where about 500 years before Jesus, a judicial council in Athens began. Now, during Paul's time, they no longer meet on that hill, but the council that meets is still called the Areopagus. And it just so happens that the national pastime in Athens was argument, or as I prefer to call it, discussion. Paul had been sharing his beliefs, and people were starting to take notice. The Areopagus is basically Paul going viral in ancient Athens. Hashtag Areopagram story. Hashtag so 2,000 years ago. So he steps in, and I actually love how he lays out what he says, because you can tell that Paul really cares about the Athenians. He is going to speak boldly, but he's doing it from a place of wanting what's best for them, and not just winning an argument and making them look stupid. How can I tell that? Well, he takes the time to be observant. He not only notices the number of idols as he's been wandering around the city, he notices the inscriptions. He uses it as a way to build common ground when he says in verse 22, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. He uses examples of things he observes right there in Athens, like an altar to an unknown God. He's reaching them in things they can relate to, that they're familiar with. He's starting from a place of mutual understanding. And then he begins to dig into the difference between how they worship and what he believes. He quotes scripture, but then he also quotes a contemporary Greek poet. To the extent he can, he tries to speak their language, so to say. He doesn't compromise his beliefs, but he establishes common ground and builds a relational bridge. How does it work out for him? Well, it's kind of a mixed bag. Does everyone 
fall over and celebrate his brilliant reasoning, not even close. Some mocked him. Some were curious about what he had to say, but some did join and believe. One of them was even one of the judges from the Areopagus Council. I'd call that a win. This passage reminds me of some words Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 9, 19-23. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew, in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. When we find common ground, even through cringy things like small talk and discussing the weather, we build bridges that can allow us to share the meaningful things we believe. If there's someone in your life you'd like to share your faith with, find out about them. Learn how to speak their language. Build common ground. It's not a guarantee they're going to fall over and believe. That's ultimately out of your hands. But you are going to increase your chances of having an audience who can really receive what you're hoping to share. Let's pray. Lord, I am constantly in awe of the way your Spirit is able to give us opportunities and words to share your goodness with the people around us. Help us to love like Paul loved, to notice, to build bridges, and to share your good news in a way that can be received with love. Help us rely on you as we share this transformational love with the people in our life. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Listen tomorrow as we encourage each other through God's Word. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we would love to continue to grow with you. We'd also like a chance to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you can find all sorts of ways to serve, worship, and learn together.